0: Welcome to the latest episode of Real Early. My name is Larry Sternshine, and on this show, I'm joined by Dylan, the person behind the very successful TikTok and Twitter accounts, Slasher Reviews. He is one of my most sought-after guests to have on my show, so I was thrilled when he agreed to come on. I had a great conversation with him that I know you will enjoy. Normally, I have a lot of guests that were a product of the 80s growing up, but Slasher Reviews was born out of the 90s and 2000s. We talk about what it was like getting into horror as a teenager, instead of a young kid how living in the deep south affected his love of cinema and we talk at length just why he also loves found footage horror all that and a lot more on this week's episode so without further wait dylan from slasher reviews all right thank you dylan from slasher reviews for being on my show i really appreciate it
1: yeah thanks for having me
0: so how are how are things going for you in Slasherland?
1: uh it's very fun um a lot of fun of exciting things you know um it's such an interesting time for horror right now um just in the types of horror films that are coming out and I guess like the streaming world so it's gonna all. I'm always there's always something to watch or always something to talk about so I'm never running, I never feel like the uh, pool is running dry over in in the slasher slasher reviews uh, field right now.
0: So uh, you're really into slasher movies, but the first thing I wanted to kind of ask is you're also the biggest Reese Witherspoon fan that I know.
1: Yes, yes. Um, And it's funny that you mention that um, because beforehand um, when, you know, Podcast recordings, all that they they kind of send you like, all right, this is what we're going to be talking about or whatnot, and they're you know pretty much just as a template to start a conversation or whatnot. And Reese Witherspoon, in a lot of ways, is the reason how and why I got into movies in general as a whole. um I grew up in the deep south, and I mean the deep south of North Carolina, you know where. I think in 2010 our population was like 900 in my little town lived in um it took me 30 minutes to get to high school every day and not because of traffic because you know it took me 30 minutes to get to high school um i'd have to get on the bus at like 6 a.m most mornings um but uh if i had to ride a bus that morning um but yeah uh reese witherspoon was a big impact in me um uh I fell in love with her through uh, Sweep Home, Alabama. Um, I, think, <laughs> I saw that movie and was like, that's it. That's the woman. That, yeah. Um, I loved her films just in general. Like her, like, I think it's because I come from a very house divided. And since I live in the South, everyone in the South loves movies about the South. Like, you know, it's like, if if, if it takes place in the South, we love it. So you give us um, anything that, like, any of that like a uh, southern charm type of films Forrest Gump stuff like that people eat that up down here so like that's what what like, I was cons- constantly consumed growing up as a kid um was that the Larry the Cable Guy comedies you know like that are not good um I uh grew up knowing those movies consistently like he was like everyone oh did you see that new Larry the Cable Guy witness protection movie with like Denise Richards like that's like like that was like what we grew up so the the Reese Witherspoon sort of romantic comedies era was like big in our household so um in Sweet Hope Alabama I watched that not only that I, I had a mad crush on her like as a kid like that was like my celebrity crush like while everyone else is like fantasizing about you know I don't know Miley Cyrus because you know I'm a uh 90s baby uh I was like, no, Reese Witherspoon. That's the one. That's the one right there. Um, and I had the love, lovely privilege to finally meet her uh, in 2018. Which, if you find me on pretty much any social media, it's the main. It's the only photo you're gonna find, probably, because it's like my favorite photo ever. Like, you can't break the smile on my face. It was in 2018. Um, I met her in Charleston for uh, a her book. Um, that she was putting out. And I was like, ah, Charleston's four hours away. I'm getting in the car. I'm going. Um. So, yeah. Yeah. Total when, I first, like-
0: when I first saw you on Twitter, because uh, I was popping through and they were probably talking about horror, but like, then you got that picture of you with Reese Witherspoon. It's just this whole big, like, you're like, it's, it's very funny to kind of see this romantic comedy. And now prestige drama icon. Yeah. Picture when you're talking about the most violent movies ever. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: And I think that is probably a good segue into um how I got into horror because I was probably growing up. It's in the deep South. So I grew up in the deep Bible Belt South. So I come from a house divided when it comes to horror. So, and my mom hates horror, can't do it, won't do it. Very rarely has she watched the horror film. My father loves them. So 90% of the conversations with me and my dad are about horror films and 90% of the conversations with me and my mom are like, why are you watching horror films? Um, so I grew up in the deep Bible Belt where like, um, Uh, I was probably the textbook example of what a pastor wants their child to be. Like I wouldn't watch horror movies. I would. I would even say hell. Like I would say he double hockey stick. Like I was in that level deep of the Bible Belt, um, of like like cities are bad. Don't go into cities, ladies and gentlemen. Like um, obviously, I live in a city now, and I am completely far away from that reality of spectrum anymore. But. Um, so I grew up like watching like Reese Witherspoon movies and like Harry Potter and like those, like, I was very much within that bubble realm of that. That was the media that I was consuming. Um, and I was terrified of horror films. Um, my father would dress up as horror characters for Halloween, try to scare us. And I would be like, oh my God, why would people want to watch that? I was so hypocritical because I'd never actually seen a horror movie. Then we went to watch Peter Jackson's King Kong in theater, and we got a trailer for Final Destination 3. And I was like, oh, I love roller coasters. I want to kind of see that. And my dad's like, those Final Destination movies are kind of rough. They're kind of gory. I don't think you can just, like, jump right on in. So it was, like, October, and I was like, I kept... Hyping myself up all week because it's like October. So spooky season. So everybody's watching horror movies like that's what they do. They're, you know, you're watching Chiller and like Fear Fat and like all those channels are just constantly playing horror. I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to finally watch one. And the original Friday the 13th was getting ready to kick off in like 15 minutes. And I walked in and my dad was like, I'm going to finally watch it. I'm going to watch the original Friday the 13th. And then I sat there and I watched it and it actually scared the living daylights out of me because i had never seen a horror film. But also every concept, every like you're going to hell if you watch these movies, all that concept went out the window in like the first 15 minutes. Like you meet this character and you think that she's the final girl, you know, she's the backpacker. You're like, this. oh, this is everything I know about her. So this is our final girl. She gets killed in the first 15 minutes. Then you meet the original crew of characters. So I was like locked and loaded into that original Friday 13th film. And obviously I had seen Jason Voorhees. My father had dressed up for Halloween, but I'm like, you're telling me he's not in this movie? Like literally epiphany, like shock and horror was all happening. And I became a horror fan that night. My father who had been buying horror movies on VHS all this time, he's like, all those movies I had, it was like, I was like, I had just discovered, a you know, the holy grail of all these movies we had that I had never watched. Um, and then I just obviously spun off of that and just started watching and consistently consuming. And now all I talk about is horror films. But Reese Witherspoon was where my love for movies began, because I watched that and saw her and I was like, Ooh. movies, magic. Um, you brought a baby into a bar? Um, that line did wonders for me as a kid.
0: That probably happened a lot in the deep South too, right? A lot of babies yeah. and bars. Yeah.
1: Yes. Babies and bars. Um, I think the words joint checking are running through your face, like divorces, things like that, like all that, like Southern-esque stuff. Um, so I'm a big fan of like Southern horror in general too. So um, because I'm like, oh, I just, I relate. So anything that takes place in like the Appalachian Mountains, I eat that up i eat that up oh like the I'm wrong like,
0: turn series is probably something you enjoy because those I, got real gory as they want yeah on, so
1: they? i the wrong turn franchise is interesting because i i don't like a lot of those sequels i mean but i like the concepts behind them a lot because it's like oh you have this like backwoods hillbillies like like killer up in the woods and all this stuff and so i like eat that up because like that's like my neck of the woods you know um but uh, yeah, so, but yeah, Friday the 13th was probably, if I had to pinpoint a singular film that was the most influential, life-changing movie of my entire life, it was that. Um, And I didn't watch it until middle school, so it was seventh grade uh, when I watched it. So I was like, I didn't grow up like, so like, luckily for me, I think the one benefit of being, getting into horror a little bit later, like when you're 13, is you're, you have those memories you know i think most of the time like if you get into them like really young as a child your memories are attached to whatever your parents told you it's like oh yeah your first horror film was poltergeist So i remember sitting you down and watching that you're like oh it was poltergeist you know for me it was like oh no i specifically sought out friday the 13th i watched it it scared me i fell in love with it and now that's why like i make thirst trap videos with jason Voorhees on the internet um
0: it's it's funny you mentioned poltergeist because I know for a fact that that was the first like hardcore legit like horror movie that was billed as a horror movie that I saw as a kid because it was on HBO and uh, I've talked about this before but essentially the scene where he rips his face off mm. my sister goes close your eyes I go oh this could be gross I close my eyes and then she tells her, okay you can open now I open up my eyes and that's when he starts clawing his face yeah. off I'm like thanks Thanks, uh, sister. You yeah. really just. Uh, ter- and the worst part is in my room at that time, I had a scary tree outside my window and a clown doll Ooh. in my room. So. Mm, I'll never forget Poltergeist, let me tell you. Yeah she, yeah, she set you up. Um, there were definitely
1: some films that like I saw that aren't like horror films, but definitely spooked me. Like I was scared of Twister, the movie Twister, mainly not because not even not even the movie itself, but the THX that would appear. The logo but that would appear before him. The noise. That scared me so bad. I had would have to pop it out, pop the VHS out, and couldn't watch it for like years. I think I watched Twister after I watched Friday 13th because I had built up the tolerance to get past the THX. Um so like I like I was so terrified of horror films. Now I watch literally that's all I watch. Um, half the time it's just it's horror films. Um, but yeah, those, so the reason why I call myself slash reviews, um, there's multiple reasons. Obviously, because I love slasher films, um, but also it's to honor like the origins of where my love for horror began. Um, but also that back in 2010, before uh, Google had bought YouTube, you only could have 13 letters as like your username online and i tried everything I every word i could put together none of them were clicking but slasher reviews uh it finally fit in i was like you know what i like that and now nah, i don't think i could call myself anything else but slasher reviews on the internet um but yeah so big fan of slasher films um friday the 13th is my favorite slasher movie franchise um i've seen those movies religiously probably my favorite horror movie of all time is, uh, Friday 13 part six, Jason lives. It's the movie I've seen the most. It's the movie I watched the most it's the movie. I think about the most. Um,
0: yeah, I have a signed poster from the director Tom O'Clockman on, on my wall in my, in my bedroom. This is my, uh, boring, uh, recording studio. That's also a guest room with a dinosaur, uh, blanket. Uh, so there's nothing cool behind me, but if I was in my room, you'd see all these posters and there's a big part six poster because that was a very, oddly, a very important movie for me growing up as a horror fan in the 80s because I was really scared of some horror movies. So I'd, I'd be able to watch some all the way through, but some I just couldn't do it. And then there was something about the horror comedy, uh, horror comedy genre that really allow me to really appreciate horror more so like i was a big um evil dead 2 fan a house fan there's just something about that comedy and horror and they perfected that in the 80s so much they don't really what what are some uh horror comedies that are out now actually they're kind of newer that people might not know about now that i got you um
1: that's tough uh Horror comedies. Um, man, it's weird because it's like, I do love me a good horror comedy. Um, and I I think that they are in a lot of ways a good gateway into horror because the juxtaposition of, you know, the like the best thing about horror and comedy is like, you know, you're watching a horror film, but they'll throw a joke at you. And I always believe the I heard um, James Wan said, uh, like, you it's best to give them something to laugh at or else they'll find something to laugh at. And he said that with, I think, Insidious, because you've got this Darth Maul-like character. So it's good to, like, put in these two, like, Ghostbusters-type characters to give them something to laugh at. Or else they're going to find something to laugh at with, like, maybe bad effects or something like that. Um, so in my opinion, my I, I feel like... I, oh, man. Um... I guess I got to go like behind the mask, the rise of Leslie Vernon in terms of like horror comedies that like really stick out to me because it's like poking fun at an entire subgenre of horror. Um, and it's really funny and in your face, but isn't afraid to like hack and slash when it needs to towards the end. Um, but also we're in a new resurgence of like horror comedies with like the Christopher Landon films. You know, you got Freaky, Happy Death Days. Megan is like a box office hit. Um,
0: okay, bear.
1: Yeah, cocaine bear, I just saw that I had a blast with it. Um, which is very 80 schlock, like even down to like some of the camera movements, the way like, that they, they would shoot like the car rides or like the free domain style score, like everything. And like did they just Google like 80s scores and then like here's free domain, and they just like inserted it in, and like, and I mean that as a compliment.
0: I I want to see malignant with a bunch of my friends. And i knew it was gonna be
1: brought up i knew it was gonna a malignant at some point i knew it was gonna be brought up
0: is, is that something that you like or don't like am i gonna oh, be in trouble? i am
1: <laughs> the lead pastor of the church of gabriel in my opinion <laughs> nice. i worship at the altar of malignant i think that malignant changed my brain chemistry when i walked out of the theater i saw it in the theaters and um And I I I I will be that guy. I think *Malignant* might be my favorite horror film of the 2020s so far. I think it's it's fabulous. Yeah, it's fabulous. I know that not everybody loves it, um, but I I'm I'm in Gabriel's corner. That movie, like we have to. She said we have to cut out the cancer in the beginning. I was like, five out of five. No notes. I I love this.
0: I one of my uh, friends who I had my show. His name is Hunter. And he is offended by malignant. He just can't get over the the fact that it is like the twist is what the twist is and just thinks it's really dumb. And I'm like, dude, I I feel so sad that he he can't enjoy the movie. So you know, know, you should call him out really.
1: Yes, yeah. Hunter, hit me up. Um I'll 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 convert you over to the I, I have converted tons of people into horror fans. I'll come. I can. I can convert you to the Church of Gabriel.
0: The uh, um, the funny. I was gonna mention though, real brief. When we saw my friends when they pull up their car to the asylum, yes. right to the edge of that cliff, they all started busting out laughing, and I was like, "Why is this funny? This shot looks cool." Yeah. And I was like, and they explained it to me. They're like, "Yeah, I guess it's kind of silly, but like, I, I watched oh. these movies my whole life. Not this stuff is just." Yeah. Don't even think about it the way other people do,
1: yes, and I think that that's important to note because I I will throw my age out there. I was born in '92, so like I'm 30 right now, so I am in a lot of ways a product of the post 9/11 early 2000 horror. So, like, I uh, I the Saw franchise had a chokehold on me. The Final Destinations, um, 13 Ghosts, Ghost Ships, those early 2000 horror films, which I will admit is probably the worst decade of horror even for myself um I massively had an impact so those post 9-11 horror films so to go in and to watch a film like Malignant that is kind of like not only honoring like 80s films like Basket Case and Sisters and stuff like that but also like those dark castle like ghost ships 13 ghosts type of films where it's like like a little bit like the greatness is in the 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 absolutely absurdity of it all down to like like the the amazing parking shot like the fact that a parking sequence has so many people talking online i love that i love that i like yeah no um i'm upset that we haven't had 13 malignant sequels yet like come on hollywood i'm practically giving you them giving you content every week about it
0: well i've heard many people say we really need a megan and gabriel team up movie but like we need to have a few malignant sequels and a few megan sequels before we go that deep into the versus thing but yeah yeah i I could Um, there there needs to be a whole uh northwest or northeast northeast northwest i don't know my united states geography anymore apparently you know the seattle cinematic universe is what we need
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I totally, totally agree. Um, I will take more Gabriel in any form. Um, I just, I love Malignant. It's actually my favorite James Wan film, which is probably a hot take at this point because everyone loves Saul and The Conjuring so much. And, but I, I it's the film I'm always watching. Like I put on Malignant consistently. I find it so, and what I love about it is the whole um like it sets you yourself because you've seen so many James Wan films at this point. So, you know, when you sit down there, you think you're watching a ghost possession film with the way that the Gabriel's moving within the thing. She's seeing things. And then it just becomes this full blown, like almost slasher fest where Gabriel's like killing him. It, you know, where is my mind is like, it's just like, I love it. I love it so much. It's uh,
0: probably the closest that I've seen recently to having that. 80s Sam Raimi vibe
1: yes 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 with all the
0: cameras swooping around and stuff
1: oh absolutely a thousand percent Sam Raimi is my favorite director um in the business um and even when, like, say he makes a flop or something like that, like Crime Ways, I love like his direction style so much and like how he like he, with his movies, the camera is never still. Like is something is always moving in all of his films, he's always fast pacing and injecting with life. And he's also just a sweetheart. Also, it's just like, yeah, yeah, no, I love I love the works of Sam Raimi. So obviously Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness is my favorite comedy um so yeah
0: how how did you see a uh, Sam Raimi for the first time because me I it was the 80s so I had Evil Dead 2 and stuff yeah. but like how does somebody growing up in the 90s and early 2000s get into Sam Raimi is it Spider-Man
1: it is Spider-Man I think was a gateway for anyone to be introduced to the works of Sam Raimi um but I was up obs- when I got into horror and I I'm very much an obsessive person um I it fully becomes my entire personality and it still is obviously. Um, but I would read, I would because we didn't have smartphones the way we do now. Um, I, I had an iPod touch and I would screenshot reviews on bloody disgusting, and then I would read those screenshots, um, zoomed in on the bus because obviously I would get on the bus at like 6 a.m. So I had two hours to get to school. Um, and I would read those reviews on the bus, and I, one of the reviews I read. Frequently was dragged me to hell. Uh, and reading that bloody disgusting review built in a hype into my brain. And then I was like, oh. And since I didn't have like the 80s video stores, like I had a blockbuster, you know, but I didn't have those 80s video stores. So my introduction a lot of time was cable television. Um, so I I think first time I saw Evil Dead was probably was Evil Dead 2, and it was on television. Um and uh and i absolutely loved it loved it loved it loved it um and um yeah but i do do know i got into sam raimi through spider-man i watched spider-man and spider-man 2 um and then i started watching like all then some of his like films would pop up i remember seeing Crime waves like, on, like, Showtime, like, like whenever, like, Showtime would do a weekend free special, you know, I'd be like, all right, pallets everywhere, I'm about to watch 20 movies this entire weekend, and then that's how I would be introduced to so many films, um, was through just basic cable television or Blockbuster. Um, I think 90% of the movies that I own are, have, like, a Blockbuster logo when you pop open the DVD. Um, when, okay, so
0: I have to ask that, when you were growing up and you were watching television, what was the TV like in the South was, did you have cable that had the HBO or whatever, or was it just over the air?
1: Um, I was, I was blessed to come from a family that was able to have like direct TV. My parents did not believe in buying like movie channels. Um, So they did not believe in having like additional HBO or something like that. If they were going to have anything extra, it was going to be the sports channel. So we were going to have like, like additional like sports channels. That was going to be the only additional thing. So if I wanted to watch anything, a lot of times I was watching TNT. Um, I was watching like, like just your basic chiller, like back when chiller was a thing. Um, A sci-fi network um things like that and i would just constantly watch i would always stay up to the date with the tv schedule of what's playing and then i would build my life around it but i was also a very as at this time i was a very introverted kid i'm about as extroverted as they come now (laughs) um but back then i was super introverted and i also had a life so i was like doing like band and stuff like that so i would be upset if like uh, dang it! I can't see Darkness. Fall. I remember being upset I couldn't watch Darkness Falls on television. Um, the, the, I,
0: food, the, ter- the Tooth Fairy movie. The
1: Tooth Fairy. Hard. I remember being upset I couldn't watch Darkness Falls when it was going to play on television when night because I had like a band competition, and uh, I was like, "Do I get? Do I? Do I pretend to be sick? I'm a terrible actor. Like, but can I feel figure this out?" Um, and I, I ended up missing it. But we, my dad, ended up buying it on VHS and. Never build too much hype. Now that movie is like whatever. That is I'll a problem
0: with happen. hype. It sometimes yeah. gets disappointing. And you were pretty lucky too in many ways, because like kids nowadays, they don't often watch television. It's a different vibe. They watch YouTube or whatever. So when yeah. I was growing up, you were growing up, you could put on a the TV, there could be a movie on, you'd sit there, and watch it, even if it's in the middle of it.
1: Yeah.
0: But now it's like you don't have that thing you run into anymore. So it's yeah. very interesting how different it is for for younger kids to get into movies
1: and yeah and i that's one thing i do like about shutter um is they have their shutter tv option and i can't tell you how many times where i'm like i don't know what i want to watch um and then i'll put on shutter tv and i'll sc- scope those three options and i'm gonna like, put this on and then like i see like i think that's the first how i saw messiah of evil for the first time was on a shutter tv and i was like what is this um Or like, um, and like, so like, I'm still in a lot of ways, because I guess being in early 2000s, like born in 92, fell in the heart in like the early 2000s. So still having like that cable television. um, And like, anytime I got an allowance, any money that I got, it went towards movies, I would go to Blockbuster, I was an avid, to the point that I don't think Blockbuster would hire me because I was constantly buying stuff from them. Um, that that like I would go there and like I would scoop up their four for twenties or two for twenties. Like it would be like, and I would go in there. My parents would go to the grocery store. They would drop me off at Blockbuster because they knew I they that could satisfy me for the next hour and a half while they grocery shopped. Um, and I would be, and they would come in there, and I would be in the corner with like pals of movies, having not decided in an hour and a half s time of what four films I wanted to bring home, and like I was also like that that eighties mindset of being like i like this cover i think i'm gonna bring home this movie and then you bring it home and then it's like some like and you bring it home and you're like oh my god this is i know what you did last summer <laughs> you know like that was like i was when you when you finally become a horror fan like it what's great about it is like you just opened pandora's box so you don't know you you have excluded yourself from that reality from so much that like when you finally open up like names that are like iconic like in the horror world, I'm like Wes Craven, Kevin Williams. You're like, who are these people? You know, and you get to experience those for the first time. Like, I remember watching Scream for the first time. I remember watching like I can vividly recall those memories, which is probably the only benefit of getting into horror later. So I don't have that like classic, like five year old, I-, I couldn't sleep because like like because I watched the scary. I don't have that memory, sadly but i do remember like almost every horror film i've seen because i got into it like when i was 13 14 um the
0: first time you saw a scream had you been watching a lot of slasher movies beforehand
1: yes and i'm glad that i did i'm glad that i did because i my dad was like when i got into horror my dad bought bought, bought a lot of movies and bought a lot of vhs tapes um so i started going through that um and i remember um like watching the Frighteners, and like watching, um, I watched I Know What You Did Last Summer and Urban Legend before I saw Scream. Um, in fact, I we didn't have Scream on VHS, so I definitely saw Scream a little bit later on. Um, and I do think that that definitely made me appreciate Scream a lot more. So I watched I Know What You Did Last Summer religiously, and also where and what I'm, I'm glad and where I live now is actually where they shot I Know What You Did Last Summer so like for me growing up it was also like oh they shot that like three hours from where we live now um now i live there um so like um so i'm glad that i kind of waited um and i think i i think i saw it like 2009 i think 2009 2009 was probably the biggest year of horror if i could pinpoint a singular year 2009 was probably the biggest year I ever had for horror. I hadn't started reviewing horror movies. I would start reviewing them in 2010. Um, but 2009 was the biggest impact horror ever had on me because I realized my friends didn't want to hear, like they were all about boys and all that stuff. So like, and like, and I was like, I want to talk about The Strangers. Like nobody wants to talk about The Strangers at this lunch table. Um. So I that would, would lead me to do video reviews online so I started in 2010 didn't know my voice was more pitched then than it is even now um so like I would like just go online and I would talk and like didn't know how to edit or anything like that um and I would just like word vomit online and that's just kind of led to like this how the whole film review side of it would take off um
0: was it on YouTube that you were doing your reviews I started
1: on YouTube I started on YouTube but clearly if you know me, TikTok has now become like my main uh, and it's it's crazy because I've noticed there are so many different platforms and it's weird that like you can be and you can excel on any of those. Like there are people who are getting press for their Twitter or press for their Letterbox or press for their websites. Um, For me, like I started on YouTube and I'm glad that I did. I started in 2010 um, slash review reviews. Uh, I was reviewing everything. I was make I was getting zero reviews um hate comments all that stuff but I just kept reviewing um and I and I would definitely say like that taught me a lot in terms of just like how to present myself how to function how to say words because I was still very introverted I think the horror genre brought me out of my shell in a lot of ways um but now obviously I moved to TikTok and when I started doing TikTok videos like I noticed that the YouTube went Boom! Collapse. Nobody was watching, but they were watching the TikTok. So I just, I've just stayed over there, um, and now, like, I, I have like over ten thousand followers. Um, I don't even know how many followers, but I know it's over ten thousand. Um, and I have a lot of videos over there that have done extremely well um, that I'm very proud of. Um,
0: where, where is your uh, username on TikTok for people?
1: Slasher reviews. If you want to find me anywhere, just type slash reviews. That's where you're gonna find me on Letterbox. That's where you're gonna find me on Twitter. That's where you're gonna find me on TikTok. You're gonna find me slash reviews. That's where you're gonna find me. Um, I, I
0: have to say, I am not the world's biggest TikTok fan, and I only follow like a handful of people. But you're one of the ones I follow just because I knew you from Twitter and whatnot. Yeah, and your videos are fantastic. They're uh, the things I like about them are one, you're positive, and if you didn't like a movie you have a positive spin on it so it's never negative there's so much film TikTok i see that's so like why are you so i'm depressed now watching you but yours is very like uplifting and whatnot yeah. is that on on that's how you are normally or is it on design or what
1: yes yes it is on design um personally um because I've and when you do this for so long, and there are definitely movies that like I despise, and like and want to come and you know in a, in a way want to be like middle fingers to the airs and stuff like that. But like I never really find I was that person, and I learned through that doing that on YouTube that there that rarely ever brings satisfaction. But in my opinion. Being like, I guess, a critic or whatnot, and reviewing things and finding like at least taking like an analytical aspect to it, um, regard and also just being cheeky and funny at times, um, like um, it's just a lot more satisfying. And um, and plus, I will admit because now I do press acceptance and I do like film festivals and stuff like that, there is a little bit of a, a like a cloud over you from these festivals and I think that that's why I'm able to do festivals because while yes I'm not straw hat goofy I'm not Chris Stuckman you know in terms of like popularity um but what I do provide I believe is longevity uh I you're gonna get a review I can't guarantee the viewership of how many people are going to watch that video but you know with me that you're gonna get a review you know that you're you're going to get this level of quality with the review. Um, and I think that that is an accept of how I'm able to be able to attend festivals as press and do all these sorts of fun, cool, little, neat little things. Um, because I even if I review a negative, because like when you're p- applying for press, they also make you send in videos for reviews. And so and a lot of times you have to send in reviews if you've done that festival before that you've done for them. And a lot of times I will have to send the negative review. And so by showing them that, they're also like, okay, he can give this movie what was clearly probably a one and a half out of five, but he's not coming online and bullying the director and everyone who made it involved, which to me, I just, I I, I don't want to be that person. I have been that person. And I just, I personally don't find much comfort long wise by being that guy. So, um, but yeah, like, yeah, there were definitely some films like, Like, there's some horror films, like, and, like, I'll I'll tell you, like, yeah, I didn't like it. Um, Like, I was disappointed. Like, I saw Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, and I did a review, and I was like, look, this is what we get for making this go viral, y'all. But, like, I didn't like it, but I think, like, some of you guys might out there like it, but for me, it's a pass type of, like, yeah. Uh,
0: The other thing, too, I I think is what helps you become very successful on a platform like that is... You also do the stuff that is more virally type TikTok stuff. And And you look like you're having a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I'll blend it in. Like I'll blend it in. And I try to do that. And I try to find a perfect blend because I want to be taken serious as a film critic, but I also do know that I need to grow my platform. So yeah. Say if there's a viral sound or say if there's like a trend or whatnot, I try to then try to do like a horror or film twist on that um, all the time. Um, and people love dancing. I have a video that <laughs> that's like two, almost like, I don't think I'm like two or three, two to 300 views away from hitting 2 million views on a silly little video of me dancing. But what it did is it also brought attention to people to go watch repo, the genetic opera. Cause I had so many people like, what is this movie? Like, I don't know this movie. And like, and they went back and watched Repo: the genetic opera. Based off of my silly little dance, you know, to Zygote Anatomy. Um, so, I do try to find that blend when I'm reviewing. Um, uh, of like, yes, I want to review movies. I want to be taken serious as someone like as a credible source for possible like recommendations. Um, but also, I, I I don't want my account to not be a place of where fun. Um, an inclusionist can exist. Um, so yeah, you'll you'll get a collection of both film reviews and silly little skits. Like, yeah, where thirst traps of Jason Voorhees. You're gonna get plenty of that.
0: So, what you're saying is to get more eyeballs or earballs on real early, I should do a TikTok dance, is what you're saying.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> My first viral video I did was me and because I I I know I know the entire dance routine to Mama Mia. Uh, I did a dance routine to um, "Lay Your Love on Me" um, from that movie, and that was my first viral video. That brought in a bunch of people, and I was like, "Ha! I can finally start doing horror reviews because um, I got a bunch of people to follow me." Then, um, so like, "Hi, I real jaw all in." Um, surprise! I like scary movies, um, but I, I do dance a lot. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, and I, I, I like to. Yeah, t- I, I think TikTok's an interesting platform it's not all great. It's definitely not all great. Um, but now I've built like my, my platform, like algorithm. So most time what I see when I log on is film related content, um, whether it's good or bad. Um, but yeah.
0: All right. So let me ask you some other questions just, uh, related to growing up. So Friday the 13th is your, your favorite one. Cause Friday the 13th was your first movie what are what was another like franchise that maybe would surprise people that you love
1: i am the outside of slasher films probably one of my second favorite subgenres of horror is found footage once again early 2000s kid okay so that explains so. it yeah early 2000s kid. so i've seen probably every found footage movie known to man the good and the bad Blair Witch Project. When I like I said, I got in the heart. My father, I was easily gullible, told me that this was movie was real. Absolutely believed it. And then he had the audacity to make me take out the trash afterwards. And I like I said, I lived in the South. So that 30-second walk felt like three hours to that trash can. Um, so Paranormal Activity um is to me, and I know not everyone agrees, the scariest film I've ever seen. I drove. I drove 45, when you go back and watch that original trailer um, and it showcases all those th- theaters that you can go to they want go to these theaters, watch it and then demand it so we can go big we drove 45 minutes to go to this mall um, in Durham, North Carolina and we got the last two tickets at 10am for that midnight showing um, and uh, we it literally scared the shit out of me I was terrified um because i it just found footage just works for me i know it doesn't work for everyone i'm blessed to not have like many sensory problems so like i don't get motion sickness i don't have epilepsy so i don't have to worry about flashing lights um or anything like that uh i was locked and loaded i remember every middle school of that theater experience um in 2009 um and i just was locked and like it was like and I remember driving back, there was a paper bag flying on the road, it scared the crap out of me because I just saw this movie and it was the first horror film where I had like nightmares afterwards. I couldn't sleep. So I'm a big Paranormal Activity fan. I love all found footage movies. Um, so yeah, uh, that was, that's, I think um, the Pound par- Paranormal Activity had a big massive chokehold on me. Um, I love, the only one I don't like is Ghost Dimension. That's the only one I like won't watch. In terms of that entire
0: franchise. I, I have a very funny relationship with Paranormal Activity. In the sense that. I love the first one. I saw it in an early screening. Uh, at the Music Box in Chicago. Which is an older um, movie theater. And, it, and it's, it really got me. It was It's probably one of the best. If not the, the best. found footage movie that I've seen. And I went to go see the second one. That next year. And I was the only one in the theater. When it started right i'm like oh this could be really creepy right three minutes into the movie some other random dude shows up sits down and i'm like wow this is really awkward now it's just me and this other oh, dude man. and paranormal activity too i just couldn't get into the movie just because i was like i was it was the weirdest disappointment i've ever had because somebody else was gonna go see a movie but i was like oh yeah. man because that first one like i said scared scared me surprisingly and i was like you know i was a who'd seen a lot of horror movies, but there was something about that ending that hit me. Cause it mm. just felt like, oh, I kind of looked like a, a house I've lived in and stuff like that. So it's just sort of kind of scary more than I thought it would.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um I like being in early two thousand, being a product of the post nine eleven like horror films. Um like, I, I went to a lot of midnight screenings, a lot. I Like, while I lived in the South, the only thing that was nearby, like Blockbuster was 20, 30 minutes away. A movie theater was seven minutes away from my house. So I went to the movies a lot and they did do midnight, Thursday night showings. Um, but because my grades were good as a kid and because like all these other things, I was able to go out to these movies um, at midnight. Um, and I saw, I think literally 2009, 2009 to 2012, I almost every movie I was watching was at midnight. Um, I saw so many horror films at midnight, um, at that at those midnight uh, screenings or whatnot. Um, and uh, I miss
0: those. They used to do. They don't do those anymore because movies just they, come out on Thursday now. They're just, they
1: just come out Thursday at like now it's like almost 5 p.m. Um yeah, and it's weird. It, it it what I loved about the midnight screening crowd is like. These people all wanted to be here to the point that they were going to ha- risk having a bad work day on Friday because they wanted to be here this Thursday night at midnight to watch this film. Like I saw movies like Chernobyl Diaries at midnight in a packed theater, you know, um, like movies that like would like that now, like when they open up at 8 p.m. It's like it's like bare um, and I miss it. And I and I do know the reason why it stopped was because of the Dark night. Um Shooting which didn't pull a lot of theaters to stop doing it, and then, like, oh wow, we can do this at 8 p.m. and have full staff and not have an issue. Um, so that you know, but um, yeah, ah, god, I miss them so much.
0: You love found footage movies, and I do. so Blair, Blair Witch comes out, and that was just, the internet was still kind of like young, right? So it's got all it's viral, but like, could Blair Witch work today with TikTok and how do you think people would believe it?
1: No, I don't know if Blair, Blair, Witch would not work today. Um, in my opinion, the way that it did in the nineties. Um, but that doesn't mean that it still can't work for the, the TikTok crowd. And I think I being a early now being an early kid of the early days of being chronically online with YouTube and stuff like that and having an AOL messenger and all that stuff. Um, I still think that, like, while it might not be able to happen with the Blair Witch film, particularly the way it happened with the original, that does not mean that internet horror in general can't be like the new Blair Witch. Like, look what's going on now with like the things like the Backrooms, the Mandela catalogs, Marble Hornets. Marble Hornets, man, I watched that live back in the day, early 2010s you know, and stuff like that online um, on YouTube. So I think that, like, that aspect, you could probably get away with like the TikTok culture of like I just watched this creepy YouTube video and then it blows up type of mentality. I don't think you could get away with like the sort of like online viral marketing that Blair Witch did. Now I'm excited that they're bringing Blair Witch back, um, into a new movie. But I, it's gonna be a mainstream s found footage probably film. Um, how how
0: like they tried that Blair Witch re- uh, sequel by um the guy who did the guest
1: Adam Wingard. Yeah, Adam Wingard.
0: And uh that one didn't quite do as well. I wonder how they're going to make it different enough to do well.
1: Yeah, I I'm I'm actually very bummed that that movie didn't do well because I'm a big defender of that movie. Um because while yes, there may be one or two cop out jump scares, in that film I l- think it does a great job at honoring the OG Blair Witch, the original. Um narratively and both with its scare tactics especially towards the end um but I I am bummed that that movie didn't connect with audience members the way that um I think because I love Adam Wingard I think he's a great filmmaker a cool dude um um I want him to make more horror I know he's off doing his like Godzilla you know thing and Kong thing right now but like Dude, I want I want you like and I'm excited that Simon Barrett, his buddy, is writing that new sequel, but like I want them two to come back and write another horror film. Um, because uh I, I think that they 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 wrote like they wrote a lot I watched all their stuff. The guest, you're next, they had a chokehold on me. Um so yeah.
0: Yeah, Your next is a great slasher movie. I went with yeah. my wife and we had the best time, and it was one of those movies where like, oh. We showed it to her mom and that was hilarious because her, her her mom likes horror movies and she'll make really funny comments but also be scared at the same time and it's just it's great at home like if you go to the theater yeah. with her it's really super super annoying but at home and they they were just having the best time with that movie i your next is it's a very i think it's in some ways underrated because i know a lot of people don't like that mumble core slasher thing but i think it's yeah great.
1: I know i I absolutely loved your next, and um yeah, I so and Aaron's an amazing final girl, and um so much about that movie, I just I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant um but yeah, no, um. Yeah, so, yeah, a lot, uh, as much as I, I would love to say, like, oh, yeah, the 80s raised me, like, like, like all that stuff, because, like, yeah, the 80s were badass and awesome, like, the 70s and 80s are, like, were badass and awesome, I can't deny my roots, I, the early 2000s, the 2010s, horror films, like, those, uh, because I got into horror so late, those really helped define and made me become, like, realize, like, where my, like, actual niche is, um, In like, but yeah, like I I do get very jealous and envious. So when I hear like these stories of like my father and all these stuff with Beta tapes and all these things, you know, of how they watch certain movies.
0: Well, you you did luck out though because like the '90s wasn't really the best year for horror, I don't think. And 2000s and 2010s, like those people that were growing up, they started making those movies and they started a lot, especially like we talked about after 9/11, things got a lot more cynical. Uh, with like the Saw movies. And now I feel like we're kind of trying to make more movies that are a little bit more on the less cynical side, which yeah. is why I think like a Cocaine Bear and a Megan are doing so well. Yeah. Do you think that's the future right now of like slasher films is to make them more fun and less sort of reactionary to nine eleven that we used to get?
1: Yes um and i think we are in such a great time for horror and i think the 2010s in my and my probably my biggest controversial opinion is i think the 2010s might secretly be the best era for horror and or maybe ever or in a really long time and then maybe it's just cuz Born in nineteen ninety-two, um, I felt like the twenty tens got back to like the seventies style horror of where we're telling important stories and we're actually trying to scare people. Um, And stuff like that, like with films like Hereditary and like um, It Follows, um, things that revolved a little bit of my own atmosphere. But I think people are also a little bit burnt out on those type of where everything has to be metaphorical or everything has to be like about something. You know, why can't we just have a bear do a crap ton of cocaine Uh, and chop some people up. And I think we have this amazing marriage that's happening right now in these early 2010s where you can have at the Cineplex something that's like legitimately scary while also having something like Megan that can be like a gateway at the same time. Like er earlier this year, like I felt like I was going out, maybe it was because everybody was afraid to open up against Avatar, but all these independent films were showing up at the cinema for me to go watch. And I thought that that was incredible. Like I was seeing like all vast variety, whether it's Skin and Merink or the Outwaters down to mainstream films like uh, Megan. Um, like uh, to me, this is couldn't be more exciting time. And while yes, all those films are polarizing in all of their ways, because not everybody wants to watch a killer doll dance and like hack and slash, nor do people want to watch uh, almost- analog found footage s movie of ceilings and creepy dialogue like I get that but for me I, I, I couldn't be more excited um um so yeah I think uh I think every era almost feels like a different like style of horror um and I'm excited to see what the 2020s like land on in general but it does feel like we might be getting back into that camp where like, we're not taking things too serious um, because of the success of films like Megan and Cocaine Bear and um, et cetera, et
0: cetera. Uh, so before we go, I have to I ask all my guests this. You have physical media, and I have to know, how do you arrange your physical media in your house?
1: Okay, yeah. Well, I because I have so many horror films, it is all horror like all my horror are all together i do not alphabetize um i do all my collections and series up at the top and then they sort of migrate into color coordinated um so i yeah you know so um, they're all color coordinated um for the most part um, that
0: is uh, the most unique i've heard so far Color yeah. coordination
1: yeah, color coordination. Um, Outside of the series. So up at the top, you have all the series because I they got to stay together. They got to stay together. And I hate when a series changes the freaking color of their case. It drives oh, no. me mad. Like all of a sudden you got all these black cases like, oh, we're going yellow for this one. We're going to be different. I'm like, no, there are people out there who color coordinate. All right. <laughs> um, So, so that, what I do for a series is I'll put all the series up at the top and then I kind of color coordinate down um so it kind of goes from darker to light so like the down to the white case horror films are at the very 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 bottom
0: um is there a correlation between the type of horror movie it is and the color of the because i picture like white is probably like i don't know some pg-13 like yeah right movie i
1: feel like i've got a lot of like um PG-13, like, the Eye remake and stuff like that. Um, and then there's a ton, ton of movies love that. Black case with red lettering. Um, so I feel like that is a lot of my cases. Um,
0: I've, I would I, imagine I, a lot of slasher cases have that red lettering to indicate blood. I'm Yeah. Assuming.
1: And then I do have, like, my A24 pretentious <laughs> row where it's like... And they're color-coordinated, too. Um, but it's like... Um, where it's like mostly like you got like all like more like hereditary mother um like get out like those type of horror films that are more like um like prestigious type of things but i also color coordinate them to the best of my ability that is um some things you just can't escape um
0: yeah because uh i i don't do anything i just throw my movie up and it's the it's the uh shuffle system i call it and you know there's room like there's less movies here so i'll just put it here and uh, i like if i had some of my friends that like really think real hard about how they're gonna alphabetize or do this kind of stuff it would probably kill them to see it because at least with yours there's some level of like color like they it makes sense you know what i mean it doesn't mine doesn't make sense
1: yeah, I plus like I want I I'm I like to have my place looking nice and presentable. So when it's also just visually pleasing, I feel like to come in and they just see like, oh, here's all my horror films, and don't they look nice? Because it almost like blends with the colors for the most part. Um, but yeah, uh, big fan, big fan of the, and I started that way. I started that way, um, and I definitely also and I break them up into subgenres too as well so like for like even the non-horror films like the action and the sci-fis they're clumped together but then they're also color coordinated to the best of my ability so say if we're going from like action adventures into sci-fi I try to take like say if this if the last action adventure is a yellow one I will start the sci-fi with like elysium which is a like we're going into the sci-fi but it's elysium because it has a yellow case and like the last action film is indiana jones which has like a bright orange case so therefore it kind of blends um ish um so yeah
0: and going forward are you just gonna be focusing on tiktok or do you have any other uh fires out there that uh- you're looking to do
1: I I will I will always move wherever the audience asks me to move in a way. Um I'm always will pick up shop and move. But right now, because I do press and because I do like festivals and stuff like that, they want the TikToks. Um so for now, TikTok is where you're going to find me. I'm on letterbox. So like while I might not review every single film on TikTok, I do keep my letterbox up to date. Um, So like I will like even my rewatches, I will put them on there. So my stats at the end of the year are normally almost 100 percent correct. Um, So slash reviews on my letterbox. Um, However, over there, I'm just making jokes. Um, I'm not being like 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 legit. Like you might see a score. It might be like five out of five. Like I think I gave like Cocaine Bear a four out of five. And I said, this is what Jesus died for. Like so like I'm not like being like serious over there but like i will be on tiktok so like so tiktok letterbox twitter those are my three uh main platforms that you can find me on um slash reviews on all of them like if and i'm guaranteed if, if a new platform opened up i'll probably join that and it's going to be called Slash reviews um I yeah so i'm very i feel like i'm very easy to locate
0: uh i would say so since it's all the same Yeah. <laughs> But uh, thank I, I you. I
1: like that brand. I like I like this brand. Yeah, it's
0: good. There's you and there's slasher trash. Those are the two yes. people. Yeah. That uh, uh, are my two favorite slasher people.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I I love slasher trash.
0: All right, uh, Dylan from Slash Reviews. Thank you for coming on to my show. I really appreciate it. And that's it. Good night.